Council. So for the topic of this eight-week retreat, or topics, I should say, you know it covers... Welcome back, Glenn. Good to see you again. Uh, you know that this covers the bandwidth from Shamatu to Vipassana and Mahamudra, but also Dzogchen, because the naked awareness is the union of Mahamudra and Dzogchen. So it's quite a bandwidth, quite a spread. And in terms of the actual meditations we're doing, we started and we've really lingered in Asanga's approach to mindfulness of breathing, drawing, of his, drawing from his presentation of this practice in the Shravaka Bhumi, the grounds of the Shravaka. So we're actually starting in Shravakayana practice. And likewise, when we followed the spectrum from the four measurables through the four greats, we started with loving-kindness, Shravaka teachings. So it's something I really enjoy doing. There seems a very, very deep balance of drawing repeatedly on the most foundational, fundamental teachings of the Buddha, uh, as presented, for example, in the Pali Canon, the Shravakayana. If they're grounding, they're firm, they're solid, they're a basis on which you could build a skyscraper touching the sky. But also touching the sky. And the, the sky of the space is in Dzogchen. And in fact, the teachings of Mingyur Doji, for whom the uh, Kamachamaramuchi has written this commentary, is called Namjur, Space Dharma. Space Dharma. And so, earth and sky, earth and sky. And so, and we're making repeated allusions back to the foundational teachings. And in this passage from the uh, Prachapanabhita Sutra, on the four dhyanas and, and the various type of cities that can be achieved by way of the fourth jhana. Uh, we note that Kamachamana, which is, says, well, but this is not only the shravakas, this is not only Mahayana, it's not only shravakayana, but also non-Buddhist, Hindus, Hindu yogis, bumbos, shamans, and so forth. This is, very, this is really common ground. But in the midst of this whole range of teaching, I think it's very important for those of us who are really intuitively drawn to Dzogchen, to see that all of this is nested within the view of Dzogchen. So in case you thought maybe I was forgetting Dzogchen sometimes. No, you were forgetting Dzogchen sometimes. <laughs> I wasn't forgetting Dzogchen. Everything I'm teaching is nested in Dzogchen. Right? I mean, literally. Because it's only Dzogchen, from my perspective, it's only Dzogchen that completely encompasses all of these other yanas or vehicles, including that of the bumbos, the shramans, the Hindus, and so forth and so on. It's one that, it's the perspective from which all of these other spiritual paths make sense. But as in physics, if you look at quantum cosmology, all of the other branches of physics make sense from that perspective. But if you're just studying quantum mechanics, quantum cosmology doesn't make sense. You don't see the larger view. If you understand 19th century physics, from that perspective, 20th century physics doesn't make sense, but 20th century physics, from that perspective, 19th century makes, makes sense. From Galileo, Newton doesn't make sense, from, but from Newton, Galileo makes sense. The higher encompasses the lower, the lower does not encompass the higher. Right? There's an asymmetry there, and it's true everywhere. But it's certainly true in physics, and it's definitely true among these nine yanas within the, uh, the Nima classification of the different paths. So you'll recall that earlier, when we were reading through Pinjanamache and his portrayal of Mahamudra, the Vajrayana approach to Mahamudra, you might have found it a bit daunting, for good reason. And that he's saying, well, here he's referring to Mahamudra as in realizing emptiness with the primordial mind of clear light, right? from perspective of Rigpa, he's, he's referring to that. And he said, this, this is Vajrayana approach. And when are you ready for that? When, it, when is the time for that? When you're fully accomplished and saved generation and completion, you're almost finished, now you put in the drop of Mahamudra. Right. Well, that sounds like it's like, when do we ever get there? You know, it can seem quite inaccessible. Sakya Pandita, the great Sakya Pandita, he looked around and he said, you know, in the sources of India, you don't find any references to Mahamudra in a sutra context. It's totally Vajrayana context. Within Vajrayana context, it's way, way up on the path, way up there in the stage of completion. You know, it's not for beginners. This whole notion of total release and all of that, it would seem to correspond to the fourth empowerment. That's you're almost finished, right? 
So once again, we can say, well, then it looked like we, it left us out. So it's easy to feel taunted. But we keep on forgetting. We're daunted because we keep on suffering from amnesia. If we haven't, in fact, been introduced to the Dzogchen view. Similarly, when Kamachamaramuchi in the last passage is referring to this mind's stunning array of cities that can be achieved just by the fourth jhana, once again we can feel, oh, the four, four jhanas? It looks like those are out of reach, so all of that is very nice, but then, you know, what chance do I have of achieving all four jhanas? And then if you look into Buddha Gosa and you see the background for that, you say, well, it's not just four jhanas. Actually, you should be fully trained in all of the jhanas and the four absorptions in the formless realm, and you should be fully uh, versed, adept, expert at working with all of the different casinas. I won't explain that right now. Then once again, it can feel like, oh, totally daunted. We keep on forgetting. That's because of amnesia. We keep on forgetting that all of this is couched within Dzogchen. And if you look into Dzogchen, your semshuk comes back. Your semshuk is the strength of your heart comes back. So let's not forget where this is all coming from. This Dzogchen view. So here, I'm giving myself a birthday present. I don't need anybody else's birthday present. Honey's nice. I think I like honey. Is that honey? Yeah, I like honey. Thank you. That's, I'm, that's, that's enough. Thank, thank you, sweetie, whoever gave me. <laughs> Here's from the Vajra Essence. This is just a refresher course, right? Here's from the Vajra Essence. This is Padmasambhava. This is definitive. Within this spectrum from Shravakayana to the Dzogchen, the Dzogchen is the final word, the definitive word. Okay? So here's from Padmasambhava. Within Dzogchen, he's definitive. Who's more definitive than Padmasambhava? By way of Dujum Lingma, the greatest Dzogchen teacher in the 19th century. I think quite clearly, empirically evident. So here from the Vajra essence, then, then, Bodhisattva, then Bodhisattva Vajra of Pristine Awareness asked, O teacher Bhagavan, if Buddhas and sentient beings and all qualities of the path and fruition are none other than the ground Dharmakaya, the Sugatagarbha, what is the purpose and the nature of the teachings on the many sadhanas, mandalas, Buddha fields, teachers and their retinues, and so forth? Please explain. So if everything boils down to Buddha nature, everything boils down to Dharmakaya, the ground Dharmakaya, pristine awareness, rikpa, what you already have, what's the point of all those mandalas and stage of generation practices and incredible visualizations and rituals? What's the point of all of that if everything really boils down to Sukhatagarbha? Which again, Buddha nature, what's the point? Are you interested in the answer? <laughs> I am. Inquiring minds want to know. And so he replied, Padmasambhava replied, Samadabhadra, manifesting as Padmasambhava, speaking to Dujumlingba, he replied, O Vajra, pristine awareness, for the nature of the ground Sugatagarbha to be made manifest, you may strive in various ways to create and transform things with your intellect. As we see in the stage of generation, right? as we see in dream yoga. Consequently, all contrived experiences of bliss, luminosity, and non-conceptuality and of attentional dispersion, excitation, and scattering of scattering, of laxity, dullness, and torpor. They're the problems of shamatha, right? And of pains, joys, and sorrows are forcefully aroused. There's the right. There's the opening of the Pandora's box, right? The dredging of the psyche. All clear, yeah. All very familiar. And of pains, joys, and sorrows are forcefully aroused until finally all thoughts are calmed in the nature of the ground. The relative ground, of course, is some the substrate consciousness, right? And then, and primordial, primordially present consciousness is identified. Okay? That's when you're poised to step over into Vipassana and then have pointing out instructions of Rikpa. Such meditation entails transforming the Namanakaya into the path. 
in which the state of naturally settled mindfulness is sustained. You know about that. Resting in the substrate consciousness and using that as your new base camp for everything else. Nowadays, everyone regards this as their standard practice. But the problem is that they do not attain the fruition of liberation. So once you've ascertained the view, that's the Dzogchen view, once you've ascertained that, you must reveal the nature of the ground, Samatabhadra. For this, there are two possibilities. Now you really want to pay attention. There are two possibilities, two avenues you can take. Directly identifying it in your own being, and this is just receiving the pointing out instructions, realize the view, and proceed. That's direct. Okay, very clear. Samatha, Vipassana, and then directly pointing out your Rigpa. Okay, there's one, there was Avenue. Directly identifying it in your own being and identifying it in dependence upon, there's one, and identifying it, that is the Sukhati Garbha. The first one is identifying it in your own being, and the second one is identifying it in dependence upon the expedient path of the stage of generation. So that's another route. You can follow either of these two routes. Huh? O Vajra Pristine Awareness, for the direct identification within your own being, you first establish all the phenomena included in samsara and nirvana as emptiness. So he's laying it out just now in just like, utter precision and brevity. He's already spoken about, very clearly, you must settle your mind at a natural state. Don't get halfway, don't get three-fourths away. Do it all the way. Then establish all phenomena included in samsara and nirvana as emptiness. That's where you really bring in Vipassana, to realize emptiness of all phenomena with no exceptions. Once you have ascertained them as displays of the space of ultimate reality, these are all emerging from emptiness, from Dhammadhatu. Once you've realized that, you identify this state as the great revelation and apprehend your own nature. From that vantage point, then you apprehend your own nature as Rigpa, Dharmakaya. As a result, you naturally settle in ground, pristine awareness as the great freedom from extremes, from all extremes, all conceptual, conceptual elaborations, from nihilism, substantialism, totally free. This is the swift path. This is the Dzogchen path. This is the swift path, the yana of the great perfection. If you practice by resting naturally and effortlessly until the culmination of the dying process, if you just do that as soon as you've realized Rikpa, if you just rest there effortlessly, naturally, until you slip right into the dying process, you will unquestionably become a Buddha. Okay? On the other hand, if through the power of previous bad karma, you fall under the influence of distractions and spiritual sloth, that is, you may identify Rikpa, and then forget about it, lose it, get caught up in other things. If that happens, at the point of death, you'll die as an ordinary being. Now for the main practice, genuine knowledge and realization of the one taste of all of samsara and nirvana, the one taste, the equal purity, of all samsara and nirvana in the ocean of the original ground, Rikpa, is called the view of the vast expanse of space. And this entails the manifestation of your own nature as the Dharmakaya, devoid of signs, no reified object. That's the view. As for meditation, throughout beginningless lifetimes in samsara, the original primordial ground, Samadabhadra, has pervaded the mind streams of all sentient beings, just as sesame oil pervades sesame seeds. However, under the influence of dualistic grasping and clinging to true existence, the mind becomes dimmed, as if by darkness, and deluded. But now, apart from identifying your own nature, there is nothing whatsoever on which to meditate, and you thereby gain freedom for yourself. As a result of holding your own ground, freedom is experienced in the domain of pristine space, unstructured and unmodified by the intellect, and you are infinitely immersed in great self-emergent primordial rest. This is like space merging with space. 
Previously, your intellect demarcated, outer from inner, and grasped at them as being distinct. Now ascertaining that there is no outer or inner, you come upon the nature of great all-pervasive openness, which is called meditation, free of the intellect and devoid of activity. In such a meditative state, motionlessly rest your body without modifying it, like a corpse in a charnel ground. Let your voice rest unmodified, dispensing with all speech and recitations, as if your vo voice were a lute with its strings cut. Let your mind rest without modification, naturally releasing it in the state of primordial being without altering it in any way. With these three, dispensing with the activities of body, speech, and mind, you, you settle in meditative equipoise that is devoid of activity. For that reason, this is called meditative equipoise. So that's Dzogchen. That's absolutely quintessential Dzogchen. And that is viewing reality from the perspective of Dharmakaya, of Rigpa. And there's no reference here whatsoever to having to first achieve and come to the culmination of stage of generation or completion. It's shamatha, you must have magnificent sanity. It's realization, emptiness, you can't proceed without. You can't proceed while still reifying phenomena in a delusional fashion. Then it's pointing out instructions, and there's the path. So one may wonder, well, how does this fit in with those other teachings, the Mahamudra, that wonderful, very erudite exposition of Pinjana talking about all these stages, and stages, stage of regeneration, stage of completion, and then Mahamudra. And His Holiness Dalai Lama comments on this in his first book on Dzogchen, based on teachings that I attended from him back in 1990 on Dzogchen. And he writes, I quote, as is said in an oral transmission by the great Lama Jayang Kensei Chukilotu, one of the great remit lamas of the 18th, 19th, 19th, 20th century, when the great Nyingmapa adept Longchen, Longchen Rapchang gives a presentation of the ground, path, and fruit, he does so mainly from the perspective of the enlightened state of a Buddha. So he's presenting the whole path from the perspective of one who's already enlightened. Yeah, there's one perspective. It's not the only perspective, though. Whereas the Sakyapa tradition is mainly from the perspective of the spiritual experience of a yogi on the path. So it's viewing the same path, but from a, a lesser perspective, but still one who is on the bodhisattva, bodhisattva grounds, bodhisattva path. And then the Gulupa presentation is mainly from the perspective of how phenomena appear to ordinary sentient beings. So it's not to say at all that Galupa is at a low, that Tsongaba is, has a lower state of realization, but he's writing as if, or writing in accordance with the way phenomena appear, if you're an ordinary sentient being. Now, if you're an ordinary sentient being and you hear about Buddha nature, how does that appear to you? Potential. Only. But if you're viewing the whole issue of Buddha nature from the perspective of the Buddha, that's not a potential. That's who you are already. And if you're viewing Buddha nature from the perspective of a person who's on the Bodhisattva path, you'll see it as potential that is manifesting. So His Holiness concludes here with reference to this statement by Jayan Kensuchigilotu. His statement appears to be worthy of considerable reflection. Through it, many misunderstandings can be removed. So I think some of you might have slipped into the misunderstanding. And His Holiness and Dujum Lingba and Padma Zimbabwe just did their best to help you. So now I think it's time we're now venturing into what is it, our third, third week, fourth week, whatever, third week, <laughs> something like that. Maybe it's time to really step into the carriage. A Padmasambhava way by way of Dujum Lingma. Step into the carriage, taking awareness and appearances and awareness as the path. Right? Because that's the first after the preliminaries, that's the one he's suggesting. In sequence, you take your mind as the path, 
until your mind dissolves. And then you take ultimate reality, dhammata, as your path, until you realize the emptiness of all of samsara and nibbana. And then you take rikpa as your path. Become a Buddha. Okay? So, let's get comfortable. <laughs> In the context of Dzogchen, and that is precisely the context of this practice, and specifically within Dzogchen, this practice is included in the cutting through, the first of the two phases, cutting through to original pristine purity, original purity of pristine awareness. From this perspective, our ultimate refuge is our own pristine awareness. And the motivation is relative bodhicitta in order to realize ultimate bodhicitta. So with this motivation, let's begin by settling body, speech, and mind in the natural state. You come to the culmination of this threefold settling process and linger there. In the simplicity of your own awareness at rest without focusing on any object, utterly at ease, loose, free of desire and aversion, free of thoughts concerning future and past, at ease, still and clear, resting in its own place, holding its own ground.
and as a preamble to the method taught by Tuchum Nyingma, Padmasambhava, but one that he alludes to later on, after he's finished his presentation of shamatha, let's for a little while continue to rest in the stillness of our own awareness. While letting the overflow of the light of our awareness illuminate the space of the body and gently peripherally noting the sensations throughout the body indicating the ebb and flow of the respiration, like a child sitting on a beach, watching the gentle waves washing up on shore and flowing back to the sea. The child is still and the waves come and go. So primarily rest, 80%, rest in this stillness, self-knowing, self-illuminating stillness of awareness, while peripherally noting the fluctuations of the in and out breath.
And now let's make the transition to the main practice. Taking the impure mind as the path. Taking appearances and awareness as the path. Settling the mind in this natural state. Shamatha, focused on the mind. All synonyms for the same simple practice. As we begin, let your eyes be at least gently, partially gently open, soft and relaxed. Your gaze vacantly resting in the space in front of you without focusing on any object. And again, exactly as you did for the first half of this session, primarily, let your awareness rest in its own nature, holding its own ground, but let the overflow of the light of your awareness illuminate the space of the mind and whatever events arise within that domain. The fluctuations, the movements of the mind. And as Padmasambhava says, let your awareness be like a shepherd watching his flock spread out over a plain. When there's no danger, the shepherd's gaze is casual, relaxed, not penetrating or investigating. Alertness is aroused only when there's danger. And similarly, here you let your awareness rest, relaxed, primarily resting in its own place, casually attentive to the space of the mind and whatever arises within it, without any special inquiry or questions. Only when you see the practice is endangered by the wolves of laxity and excitation. Only then do you arouse your vigilance and take the necessary steps to ward off these pitfalls, these dangers to the practice. And as soon as they're gone, once again you simply rest. 80% resting in the stillness of your awareness, self-illuminating, self-knowing. Peripheral awareness, the overflow. Observing the movements of the mind and the space in which those movements occur. The object of mindfulness is the space of the mind, and whatever movements, activities arise within that space. 
and we monitor the flow of mindfulness with introspection, alert to the occurrence of either excitation or laxity. As soon as we note excitation, recall, relax, release, and return. And as soon as you note retrospectively that the flow of cognizance of clarity is fading, recall the remedy, refresh, restore, and retain the flow of discerning mindfulness, the flow of cognizance. And let's continue practicing now in silence.
So His Holiness in that quote from his book called Dzogchen, he's quoted a Nangolopa. A Nangolopa, the Jamyang Kensei Chugi Lotto, who he was the guru of many, many lamas, but including Sogyaramaja. He was he was his root guru of Sogyaramaja, as I recall. But he was Rime, so he wasn't a Glupa. So maybe he was maybe he wasn't telling the truth. <laughs> if you believe only the Glupas tell the truth, then he's suspect. Right. So what about Tsongkhapa? Because really hardcore, I mean really hardcore Galupas. It's Tsongkhapa all the way. Beginning, middle and end, only Tsongkhapa. And really hardcore ones, ones who are suffering from extreme sectarian bias. They think only Galupa tradition, pure. All the other ones contaminated, especially by those Nyimapas. <laughs> Yucky Nyimapas. And the Kagyupas had been contaminated by Nyimapas, the whole Kagyu Nyima. Oh, yucky. And the Sakyapas, even some of the Sakyapas like Nyima. Yucky, yucky. <laughs> At least the Galupas are pure, the real Galupas, who follow only Tsongkhapa. So, what did Tsongkhapa say about Dzogchen? Well, as it turned out, Tsongkhapa received instructions on Dzogchen from Vajrapani. But he had a mediator, and his mediator was the Honey realized visionary lama, Hrota Kenshin Namka Gyansen, is a great Nyingma lama. So Tsongkhapa approached this Nyingma lama for teachings on Dzogchen, but rather than Nyingma lama, the Lingma lama went, had just vision. Like Tsongkhapa had visions of Madhushri, Dujung Lingba had visions of Padmasambhava, this lama had teachings, visions of Vajrapani. And so then he was just more like the mediator, like an interpreter between Vajrapani and Tsongkhapa. And Vajrapani taught Tsongkhapa Dzogchen. So what did Tsongkhapa say about that? These teachings entitled Garland of Supremely Healing Nectar, these teachings on Dzogchen, or his references to them, are included in Tsongkhapa's collected works. And he praises these Dzogchen teachings, and I quote, as being free of excess, free of omission, and free of error. In other words, free of excess and emission, that is, there's nothing superfluous, nothing, no contamination. Free of omission, it's complete, and there's no error. In other words, he said they're perfect, just as they are. And he had nothing more to say. That's Sonkaba. And I've shown the source in his collective works. So people who say they're following Sonkaba and reject Dzogchen, are obviously not following, uh, not following Tsongkhapa. If you follow Tsongkhapa, follow Tsongkhapa. That's what Tsongkhapa said. The Dzogchen seems to, and that's all he had to say about it. They're perfect as they are. He had nothing more to add. Right? The fifth Dalai Lama, great, great adept of the Galupa tradition, was a practitioner of Dzogchen. He taught Dzogchen. The Benjen Rinpoche is advocating Mahamudra draw, drawing heavily from the Gagyu tradition. And the Benjen Rinpoche says, among the various traditions, Dzogchen are authentic. He said, you remember? It leads to the same result. So contemporary, older contemporary Galupas who throw out Mahamudra, throw out Dzogchen, they're not even Galupas. If you don't follow Tsongkhapa, we call yourself a Galupa. It's like throwing out Buddhist teachings on reincarnation, karma, and so forth, and saying, oh, I'm still a Buddhist. Why are you calling yourself that? Why you do that? Why, why not just call yourself yourself? <laughs> if you throw out the core of the Buddhist teachings, then why are you calling yourself Buddhist? What's the point? You're just misleading yourself and everybody else. And if you throw out what Tsongkhapa himself said about Dzogchen, and you say, oh, I'm following Tsongkhapa, why do you say that? Why did you say you're following yourself? That's just sectarian bullshit. And it's strange how people don't learn how much warfare, how much hatred, how much bloodshed there's been over history of people holding exactly this type of view. Christians feeling we have the only way, we'll just kill everybody who disagrees. Muslims doing the same, Jews doing the same, Buddhists doing the same, and Hindus doing the same. And it's always with the same bleat. We have the only way. Only we are pure. And if you differ from us, we'll either ignore you, subjugate you, convert you or kill you. 
And that's the history of religion. And you, think, you would think we'd, know, we'd learn by now that this is not religion. This is just delusion giving rise to so much misery. So I have no patience for that, no sympathy for that at all. Wherever it's coming from, doesn't matter whether you call yourself Buddhist, Galupa, Nyimapa, anyone who thinks we're the only ones pure, you're just asking for warfare and you probably get it. Yeah. Hola, so. That's Sonkaba. Anybody had any qualms about it? That's Sonkaba, in his own words. And I've even shown in his collected works which volume in Tibetan. Then you can see for yourself. Yeah? These are important. It's so tragic when we take the one medicine that can free you from samsara and turn it into poison. And that's what sectarianism does. It takes the one medicine, that's one hope for humanity, and turns that one medicine into poison just for more samsara, more misery. What could be sadder than that? I don't care who does it. If I do it, then shame on me. If anybody does it. I mean, what is sadder than that? Take the one medicine that could actually heal us from all mental afflictions and turn that medicine into poison. So, let's not do that. Oh, very good. Enjoy your day. See you this afternoon.